0: Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Hurditz, and today we will be going over the Chicago Bears and their 2020 fantasy football projections. So far, we've gone through the AFC North, we're going on through the NFC North, AFC East after we're done with this. We're getting through every single NFL team before week one. So without further ado, your 2020 Chicago Bears fantasy football team preview. Starting off with the self-proclaimed number one QB room in the entire league. Of course, I'm talking about Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I think it's Foles competition to lose. I mean, we've seen the guy being above average QB every single stop in his career when he's not being coached by Jeff Fisher or Doug Marone. We'll see if Matt Nagy deserves to be in that conversation or not. But, you know, you go back and Foles was with Nagy and the Chiefs in 2016. I mean, the things Foles was doing well in the, with the Eagles in terms of you know, really orchestrating the offense through a heavy dose of RPOs. That's what the Bears are trying to do right now. I mean, really, naggy, he's gotten criticism in his career for pretty much just taking that Kansas City offense and doing small things to evolve it over time, but, you know, more or less running that same system. So I think it just fits Foles better at this point, particularly if Trubisky's rushing ability just is going to continue to be ignored, because, I mean, this was always what made him at least a decent NFL quarterback at one point. I mean, in 2018, it wasn't like Trubisky was just trash all season. They just made the playoffs in spite of him. It was definitely more due to the defense. I'm not trying to stick up for that season too much. He was still a below average passer in almost every category in 2018, but, truly fell off a cliff in passing efficiency last season, 36 among 42 qualified passers and adjusted yards per attempt. And it's that rushing ability that just disappeared. I mean, he averaged 20 rushing yards per game in 2017, 30 rushing yards per game in 2018, and just 13 last season. So it all kind of started in 2018 when he did get that I believe it was a shorter injury in the second half of the season once he came back I mean it took him up until the Dallas game you know post Thanksgiving in 2019 for us to see Trubisky you know really utilize on a heavy dose of read options again and he can do it it's the best part of his game he's a good athlete I mean it's you know we've I've thrown around the Midwest Bortles comparison to him and it's not necessarily an insult Obviously, you want your franchise QB to amount to a little bit more than Mr. Bortles has done, but this is still a guy that has used to have spike weak potential and could run the ball. So unless we just see a huge return to form from Trubisky, and you know, as we talk about the rest of this offense, I don't think there's a ton of reason to expect that to happen. I, this is just a quarterback room to fade in 2020. For fantasy purposes, just don't get near it, everyone. I mean, the idea that Nagy is going to propel either QB degree to- great heights I just don't see it there's no rushing floor for either dude unfortunately and the spike weeks in this offense Few and far between. So, consider finding yourself a different quarterback. I doubt many were even considering targeting this Bears group to begin with. Moving on to the backfield. We have David Montgomery as a clear-cut RB1. Tariq Cohen as your change of pace. And uh, Cordero Patterson, who, you know, if you didn't know, I am the pre- president, longtime president of the Cordero Patterson fan club. The league's most efficient rusher ever ever minimum 100 carries and yards per carry so love my guy cp wish he gets the ball more i am done gushing over him for the remainder of this podcast so david Montgomery, 267 touches last year 12th most in the league yards after contact not so great only 2.33 yards after contact per touch right there Peyton Barber and you know David Johnson's corpse from 2019 just not good and after we saw what Montgomery did in college at Iowa State and I mean you guys all probably saw you know my my lovely employer PFFs numbers about Montgomery just breaking the most tackles anyone had ever seen coming out he was supposed to just be his day one stud wasn't what happened and you know to only kind of, to not even be an RB2 when it was all said and done. Incredibly disappointing for fantasy owners. He did get better as the season went on, though. And this was similar to Miles Sanders, where Montgomery he only averaged over four yards per carry in two of, I believe, his first 12 games of the season managed to get it four of his last five uh, going out. So, you know, it wasn't as kind of visible as Miles Sanders playing better at the end of the year, because, you know, Eagles were in the playoffs and all that. But we did see Montgomery get better as the year went on i'm not buying a you know i'm not going back to the well too much but we're now able to get montgomery at his floor last year it was costing us like a you know rb pick in the teens to kind of get him now he's going outside of these top kind of 23 even 24 running backs and i know that 250 touch threshold is a little bit arbitrary but 144 of 153 running backs to get 250 touches since 2010, PPR, RB24, or better. It, it's just so much volume, it's almost impossible not to put up production. Eventually, you know, if you've been doing best balls or mock drafts or anything like that, After those first four or five rounds are gone, you see very few, if any, RBs that you can, you know, confidently project for 250 or more touches. Montgomery is kind of the cheapest, last, you know, high-volume back available on a lot of fantasy drafts. For those out there that, you know, find yourselves getting some really true baller wide receivers early, don't be afraid to get Montgomery there because, again, after him, it's just rough. And this is the same, you know, looking backfield as last year. I do think we're going to see Montgomery get the rock again, try to prove that 2019 was a fluke. And honestly, like, he deserves to maybe even get more of a three down roll because Tariq Cohen last year was just brutal as both a rusher and receiver. 3.3 yards per carry, 4.4 yards per target. I mean, I, I can barely even begin to describe just how bad of a mark that is. I mean, literally the worst yards per target mark in PFF history. I had to go back to 2003 to get Oz Hakim Aziz, you know, excuse me, butchering that name. But there's only one guy that was worse since the statistic began being, began being tracked back in 1992. I mean, maybe they keep throwing the ball. Only McCaffrey, Kamara, James White joined Cohen with at least 200 receptions over the last three seasons among RBs. At some point, though, it's like eh, defenses seem to know what's coming when Tariq Cohen's on the field. So that's probably more of an indictment on Nagy than Tariq, considering, you know, how many of his touches are these design looks. But if, you know, if, if giving Montgomery even half of Tariq's pass down snaps will kind of help him get into a better flow with of the offense, I think that's something the Bears should seriously consider. Moving on to the wide receiver room, Allen Robinson should be in any conversation among the best players. Five to six top wide receivers in the entire league. I mean, the stuff he has had to deal with throughout his career is just criminal. Quarterbacks dating back to college. Christian Hackenberg, Matt McGowan, Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, Chase Daniel. Now Mitchell Trubisky. Nick Foles is objectively the best quarterback of A-Rob's career. You know, I hope your ears are done bleeding from that previous list. But last season, Robinson managed to do just fine, even with Trubisky under center. I mean, third most targets in the league. Only Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, and Stephon Diggs had a higher percentage of their team's air yards. I think the only more established wide receiver ones in the entire league than Alan Robinson are Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, and Julio Jones. I am buying A Rob in fantasy leagues of all shapes and sizes in 2020, regardless of who his quarterback winds up being. And the same honesty can be said for Anthony Miller. And, you know, if, for those that don't know, the Bears' rising third year slot receiver. Guy scored seven touchdowns while playing through a bump shoulder as a rookie. And then comes again last year. And once Taylor Gabriel went down, he was putting a blow up performances. I mean, during weeks 11 through 15. It's a really specific stretch. And, you know, we can't just take a guy's best five weeks of his career and assume he's going to be you know a wide receiver one or wide receiver two because he was able to pull it off then but it's still good to see these guys you want to break out you know have past success of high level play and that's exactly what tony miller has had and we look we're only one season removed from everyone freaking out all preseason about how D.D. Westberg was his big value because of Nick Foles' historical slot usage. And who knows if that would have come to fruition. He got hurt. But now we're not even barely hearing that same narrative be used for Miller. And, you know, again, the question with these receivers, we always got to ask is, well, what happens if it's Trubisky? What happens if it's Foles? If it's Foles, okay, great. We're getting this, again, high slot usage history that we've seen dating back to his days with the Eagles. And if it's Trubisky, fine. In terms of adjusted yards per attempt, Miller has been Trubisky's most efficient receiver of his career, so... I'm buying A-Rob and Miller. You know, pretty much any league I can get my hands on them. Expect Ted Ginn to take that Taylor Gabriel field-stretching role in three wide receiver sets. Uh, Cordero Patterson will be be out there a little bit, too. Bradley Ridley, Javon Wims, other candidates to steal some snaps here or there. Now on the tight end room. I mean, (laughs) oh, boy. I mean, this is ridiculous, guys. we got second-round pick Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, Demetrius Harris from the Chiefs, Ben Broniker, J.P. Holtz, ex-second-round pick Adam Shaheen, Jesper Horstead, Eric Saubert. I mean, it's, it's absurd the amount of tight ends on this team. I, I just don't get it. It's a mess. Will Jimmy Graham just... Return to form? I don't think so. He looked pretty washed in twenty eighteen to me. And you know, the the list of free agent tight ends, you know, doing much of anything is bad, particularly when they're paid big money. I'm not saying, you know, the Graham contract is gonna, you know, the Graham no trade clause contract. Uh, it actually doesn't even qualify with some of these guys. You know, I'm I'm looking at free agent tight ends that have gotten twenty million dollar contracts over the years. They're Kobe Fleener, Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham with the Packers, Jesse James, Martellus Bennett, Ladarius Green. So I mean i I'm citing an older contract for jimmy but again he was washed in 2018 pretty much he had that last season with the seahawks where russ was able to somehow get this guy all those red zone touchdowns it just hasn't been good don't go to the well here because we don't even know how long he's gonna be on the field because i mean cole komet he's gotten some pretty pretty great you know pre-draft wrecks i mean even some comps to uh you know Rob gronkowski i believe i saw from uh, chris sims with NBC sports so I'm not saying that. I don't think he's going to do anything as a rookie because we never see tight ends do anything as a rookie. i mean, the only top 12 PPR uh, fantasy tight ends since 2010 as rookies have been Evan Ingram, and it took a OBJ injury where Beckham only played four games that season. And Rob Gronkowski, the best tight end we've ever seen, pretty much, with all respect to Tony Gonzalez. So it's one of these situations where I don't think this offense really has much of a chance of enabling any of these tight ends because they're all going to be split in reps, and we shouldn't expect much from A, a rookie, and B, a washed-up, you know, seasoned vet like Jimmy Graham. So with that said, moving on to the rankings you can find all my rankings throughout the season on pff.com uh use code fantasy 40 to get 40 percent off my rankings and some other cool stuff on the site i have Foles winning this job but might not start 16 games he's my qb 31 behind jared stidham ahead of tua you know I, I can probably move tua ahead of him you're not drafting any quarterback ranked outside the top 30 do not go out of your way do yeah don't go in your way out of your way do not draft Foles in 2020 in 2020 they might Montgomery is my RB19. It's just that volume, everyone. I have him, you know, ahead of Fournette, ahead of Gurley, ahead of Le'Veon Bell. I just think those touches are a little too much to ignore. I got him right behind. Chris Carson, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. Pretty much, I had, I had David Montgomery as my highest kind of last remaining back that probably won't have a pass game role. Um, Tariq, I have lower. I have Tariq at RB45. I am worried he eventually gets phased out of this offense. I might just be a little low on these pass catching backs in general. I mean, I have one spot ahead of James, I'm not, sorry, one spot behind James White, one spot ahead of Daryl Henderson. I mean, I guess the issue is like we need Tariq to do what he's always done. He's not going. To do more, it's not like if Montgomery got hurt that Tariq would all of a sudden be getting you know 12 plus carries per game. I just think there's a low ceiling and the floor is a, you know a little bit shakier than years past, just based on what we saw last season. Alan Robinson, my wide receiver seven, I have him behind Adam Thielen ahead of Kenny Galladay. I just think it's a situation where look, last year A Rob was wide receiver eight and things are better. He's now got fulls under center, targets are going to be there. There's so few guys more ingrained as their team's number one pass game option. A-Rob, bye, bye, bye. Uh, Anthony Miller is my wide receiver, 41. And, you know, in that range, uh, for, I have Darius Slate in that wide receiver, 38. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, 39. Mecole Hartman, wide receiver, 40. And then Miller right there, at 41. Uh, he is in front of Debo Samuel, Golden Tate, Preston Williams. I like Tony Miller a lot, guys. And I think this year uh, a lot more people will know who he is after some solid performances. Jimmy Graham tight end 30 you know one spot ahead of David Njoku one spot behind Darren Fells. as I was saying with Foles just don't There's no reason to touch a quarterback or tight end with a ranking outside the top 30. So, Bears win total, 8.5. I think the NFC North is down as a whole if we haven't kind of gotten that impression from these last three team previews. I mean, with the Packers just likely kind of regressing back to more of the, you know, middling roster that their efficiency said they were last year. You know, Vikings, their defense could be down. And the Bears, I mean, they added Leonard, I'm sorry, they added Robert Quinn to replace Leonard Floyd. Uh, Maybe Roquan Smith really takes a step forward and that defense gets back to being elite. But I don't know, this offense is still very meh. If if they would have done something personnel or coaching-wise to complement, you know, bringing in Foles, maybe there'd be more reason for optimism. As it is, I think this team looks a lot like an eight and eight squad. Maybe they can get over. I wouldn't bet my life on this over/under, but if I had to take a side, I am taking under eight and a half wins. So that has this has been 2020 Chicago Bears fantasy football PFF preview. Thank you all for listening. I'm Ian Harditz, and take care.